Welcome to the element of surprise. You don't need fortune. You don't need fame. You don't need a credit card to ride this train. My name is Chadwick J. Suet, and this is the element of surprise. Is everybody as pumped up as I am? No? Good. Because I'm really not all that pumped up. Um, okay, so before I start this episode, before I start this, I want to preface everything with saying that this was supposed to be a topic roulette. This was supposed to be the darkest, most vile, nasty, fucking everything's on the table topic roulette that you could that that could possibly exist. And I asked you, the listeners, for your topics, and I had them up on the Facebook, and you guys were giving me some good ones. And then Facebook flagged it and took it down, and now it's gone, and it's all gone. And so I can't do that topic roulette. So I'm going to either need to find a new platform to get those topics to you or for you guys to get those topics to me, or um, just not do that episode. Either way, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to find a way to do that episode. I, I will. It will happen. You know, like, like Rocky himself says, nothing's over till it's over. So, um, basically, I just had to wing some shit then. And so I spent the past couple days coming up with just some topics, observations, and musings that uh, I thought that I could talk about to, uh, you know, just kind of make sure there's a fucking episode out there in between while I come up with other stuff and try to get that topic roulette episode going. So I would apologize for it, but I didn't do it. Fucking Facebook did it. Fuck them. And I do want to say thank you to uh, Leaf Hustleby and Josh Johnson, as well as others, for uh, giving me the topics you did. I wish I had written them down, but I didn't. Um, so, you know, like I said, no topic roulette this week. Uh, that being said, this last weekend was St. Patrick's Day, and that got me thinking about leprechauns, as it usually does. And so, I decided, for all of your benefits, I know, um, I don't know who's a big drinkers, who's not, you know, St. Patrick's Day is a big drinking holiday, but, uh, you know, you also got to eat. Whenever you're drinking a lot of green beer and uh, spirits and stuff, you got you got to eat. And, um, you know, it's with the food industry's negative impact on the environment, with animal welfare and human health, it's, it's really no secret. And it's a 
cause of growing numbers of consumers to prioritize eating ethically whenever you can. You know, you got to eat ethically, you got to eat healthy, you want to eat good for yourself, especially if you're going to go out and fucking um, just get completely shit-faced, you know, like so drunk that you're snorting lines of cocaine off someone's ass crack, then you're going to want to eat. And what can you eat? What can we eat that um, would be good and fit the St. Patrick's Day motif? Well, we can eat leprechauns. We can eat them. And here are five reasons that I came up with that you should never feel guilty about eating a leprechaun. Uh, Number one, leprechauns, uh, the closest genetic cousin to jellyfish, of course, they don't have nervous systems, and they don't feel pain like you and I. Um, So you can ignore PETA moralizing over leprechaun suffering uh, because the science is in, and no, leprechauns can't feel pain. There's no pain for them. Instead of nervous systems, leprechauns have like a basic network of neurons and gel-filled sacs that inflate and deflate as they see fit uh, that they use to just sense their environment around them, communicating with the surroundings, detecting gold uh, via vibrations that they pick up using the red hairs that cover their entire bodies. And, you know, sure, as human beings... It's easy for us to, like, anthropomorphize things, you know, Uh, like my cats, Bouse and Mimi run around here and everything, and I'm just like, what if they had jobs? What if they wore little suits and everything like that? And it's adorable, because that's what human beings do. We anthropomorphize things. So, you know, you look at a leprechaun, they're jolly, they've got these impish little grins, but rest assured, that's, that's just bone structure. They can feel no pain, no joy, no affection, no any emotion. Uh, whatsoever that we can relate to. So if ethical concerns are your reason for holding back on um, eating leprechauns, you know, just brush that shit off, let it spill off your uh, shoulder like water off a duck, and eat up. Uh, Another reason not to feel ever guilty about eating a leprechaun is just last year alone, last year alone, in 2022, and this is post-COVID, 2022, raccoons squirrels and badgers across the United States all all were killed after a wild leprechaun tried to mate with them. You know, leprechauns are known to mistake small medium-sized rodents for potential mates. And a fact that's that's a fact that's only made more disturbing by uh the added fact that like certain species of spiders, leprechauns kill and then consume their partners. Um so cho- sh- shockingly in 2005 I found out, uh, you know, just through my sources. Um, in 2005, one notorious leprechaun outside the sh- suburbs of Chicago was found with over 23 different sets of animal remains in its nest, as well as a set of a human child's braces. So now that you know that, you can rest assured that every leprechaun that you catch in a bear trap and then roast for dinner is one that will not hurt the wild, the wildlife around you, the local wildlife. Um, here's a good reason to eat leprechauns. They're cackling. They're like little <laughs> leprechaun cackling. Emits ten times more methane and puts more methane gas into the air than a uh, hundred cow farts. So you know, don't waste any energy feeling conflicted about the environmental impact of you know eating leprechauns, of consuming a leprechaun. It literally only does good for our planet. Go ahead, munch down on that tiny little Irish bastard. Um, Okay, eating a leprechaun, of course, is a a vital long-standing tradition in many cultures around the world. And oftentimes when someone gets up on their uh, personal pedestal or soapbox or whatever you want to call it to lecture about the evils of eating a leprechaun, they're actually just being insensitive to what other cultures do. So since human beings have been eating leprechaun meat throughout the course of our entire evolution, it's just natural to, you know, be, be aware of the ri- wide variety of different cultures and social groups around the world. So, you know, from the leprechaun roasts in uh, native Hawaii communities over the centuries or on uh, how France, they celebrate their Bastille Day, by uh, dipping a leprechaun in bourbon and then ro- then tossing him on an open fire. Um, 
you know, and all over the different world. If you're experiencing different cultures, ask them about their leprechaun. Uh, you're only, you know, to not do so is only getting in the way of your own education, and you're probably insulting somebody, uh, somebody else's tradition in the in in the process. So you know, eat leprechaun. Um, lastly, leprechaun veal is the most beneficial source of nutrients for pregnant women that I've ever come across. So maybe you've got a uh, wife or a significant other at home, and she's uh, she's, you know. That 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 baby that you put up in there is it's it's brewing it's it's gestating it's coming into being and she's gonna need all the nutrients she can get to make sure that your child is born strong and healthy. Leprechaun veal is the way to go. Leprechauns are full of iron, iodine, folic acid, omega threes, just dozens uh, dozens upon dozens of nutrients that are just vital for fetal development. And any obstetrician that you meet will tell you that they are bona fide superfood for pregnant women. Um, you know, you'll find the vegans who love to finger wag over, oh, it's cruel to eat the leprechaun veal. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that it isn't. You know, if you ever see a leprechaun, uh, leaving its nest and you're able to get in there and find the leprechaun infants in it after they hatch from their eggs, you know, you should kidnap it and keep it in your basement uh, tether it down there under a laundry basket. So, uh, feeding it only like Clamato and, um, like egg whites. So that way it's meat becomes extra tender. Um, so that way you can have like the best, most nutritious leprechaun veal out there whenever you give it to your pregnant significant other. And, uh, you know, for pregnant ladies listening to this, all zero of you, uh, no pregnant woman should ever feel bad about what's doing best for your own child. So, you know, eating a leprechaun is definitely what's best for you, your child, your family, the environment, and the world. So next St. Patrick's Day, let's remember that. You know, we'll all meet up downtown. I will bring a live mic. We will drink green beers until our livers literally cut their way out of our body. And then we will repair ourselves with sweet, sweet leprechaun veal. Okay. Uh, Speaking of meat... I was driving down uh, 22 on my way to work the other morning. I was passing by the local Shop and Save here in Murraysville. And they had a sign out front. They had a sign out by the roadside that said, This weekend, meet madness! And I'm like, okay, well that sounds, that's, that sounds thrilling. That's exciting. That sounds adventurous. Uh, what's meat madness sale? And it's just a sale where they sell meat for like 25% off. And... You know, I, that, that irritated me. Ah, sorry, I was parched. I had to take a drink. Uh, that irritated me. Because when I think meat madness, I think ridiculous rare meats at ridiculous prices. Not steak or pork at 25% off, but like silverback gorilla meat for pennies on the dollar. Or like a, a giraffe rack of rib for like 38 cents. You get the whole rack of rib. You know, I mean, really, if you're going to have a meat madness sale, really lean into that word madness. Like, hinge your entire sale on that word. Not the meat part. The madness part. Like, if you're going to claim to have a sale that can be described as madness, then you better be doing more than just selling some steaks. You better have, like, a guy in a black trench coat luring people to a van he's got parked around back full of dolphin fillets and rhinoceros meat. You better have moose flanks and a rack of Kodiak bear. You better be selling raccoon chops and a rotisseried American bald eagle. And you better be selling it for, like I said, pennies on the dollar. If you put the word madness in your meat sale, I'm expecting madness. I'm expecting endangered silverback gorilla stew with roasted red potatoes, peas, and and if that's not what you're bringing to the table, then it's not really a madness sale, is it? I mean... How do you define madness? Whenever you're like, oh, this is madness. Do you define it like, oh, God, cat, is it Bill Murray from Ghostbusters? Dogs and cats living together, pure, pure madness. No. When I think madness, I'm like, oh, what's going on over there? Oh, that guy over there, that's pure madness. I hear that. I'm thinking like he's got a chainsaw. He's cutting people up. He's got like bombs rigged around his fucking apartment. He's ready to blow up anybody that comes in. Basically the opening scene of fucking um, Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That. That's madness. I'm thinking the Joker scene at the hospital in The Dark Knight. 
I'm not thinking 25% off your steak and pork chops. That's not madness. That's just a good deal. That's good savings. Yeah, and speaking of all this meat, why do all hamburger joints, why do all hamburger joints, with the exception of McDonald's, because I know somebody out there is going to be like, well, McDonald's doesn't. Fuck you. Go eat your fucking McDonald's. I don't want to hear from you. Go shove a fucking McDonald's burger straight up your dickhole. Why do all other hamburger joints have to have a hamburger in their logo? If the sign says hamburgers, I don't need to see a, a hamburger. I don't think it's German cuisine. It's like, oh, come to hamburgers. I don't know why my accent went there. That's not a German accent. That's not German at all. Um, anyway, but, you know, I don't hear the name hamburger. I'm like, oh, wow, that must be fine German cuisine. Straight from the heart of Germany. Straight from Berlin itself. Uh, I think it's, you know, a meat patty on a bun with ketchup and maybe tomato and cheese. So you don't need to put a hamburger in the logo or in the sign of everything. Um, you know, it's, it's unnecessary. Don't do it. I, I'm, I'm smart enough to know what a hamburger is. Okay. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, so I was thinking back. Somebody uh, brought up the Ninja Turtles the other day. And I think it's because there's a trailer that came out for a new movie for Ninja Turtles or something like that. There's going to be a new Ninja Turtles movie. I don't know. But somebody brought it up. And that got me thinking back to the 80s Ninja Turtles cartoon where that I grew up on. You know, the, the one with um, the Ninja Turtles, I guess, and Krang and fucking, you know, Shredder was voiced by Uncle Phil from fucking Fresh Prince. You know, and now I'm thinking back on it, I really always got the impression that Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady might have been uh, like secret, secret sexual lovers. And that the Shredder is kind of both aware of this and also supportive of their relationship. But I also get the feeling that Krang is not aware. And he's not supportive of it. Because everyone from Dimension X, of course, is a bigot. So Krang is not aware of it. And the Shredder, I, I feel like the Shredder goes out of his way to cover for them with Krang. Because if Krang got wind of it, it would be like fucking, you know, Nazi Germany all up in the, up in the Technodrome. Um, I also have no, absolutely no proof whatsoever to back any of this. Nor do I intend to pursue any, like, digging on this theory. I just was thinking about it. I was remembering when uh, Bebop and Rocksteady would fail. And they'd go back to the Technodrome and Shredder would be yelling at them. And then Krang would come in and say something. And then Shredder would... Like, you know, they would be crying, and Shredder would, like, cover for them. And I might be completely wrong, because I haven't watched that cartoon in literally 30 years. But I, I was just, you know, that's the way I remember it. Um, so that also got me thinking about a bunch of different TV shows. Like, what if, you remember ALF? What if the TV show ALF takes place in the same fictional universe as Jurassic Park? But... I would love that. And, I mean, I highly doubt it, but it, it's it's very possible. Um, especially since none of the characters from ALF have ever crossed path with, like, you know, any of the characters from Jurassic Park. Like, you never saw, like, um, Willie Tanner accidentally bump into Dr. Ian Malcolm. You know, that, you know, that never happened. But I, I, I like to think that ALF takes place in the Jurassic Park universe. Um, just like at any moment, John Hammond is going to come in and be like... I'm taking your alien to my island, and I spared no expense. And just that, like, in my head, that's, I find that funny. Why? Because I'm fucked up, that's why. Speaking of which, I also wish that there had been an episode of Friends. Okay. Okay, let me, let me preface this. The show Friends is, beyond a doubt in my mind, next to Saved by the Bell, the absolute worst television show that has ever been on TV in the history of time. Period. It was stupid. It was redundant. And it was really bad. That being said, I sat down and binge-watched every single episode. All of the seasons, every episode, from the pilot to the finale. Just to make sure that I wasn't missing out on anything. Because, you know, my mom... 
always insisted, Frenzo, Frenzo's funny! It's the best show, it's Friends! It's a funny show about Friends! Yes, I know, that's why they, why they call it Friends. Yes, it's for their friends in the show, and it's called Friends! So I watched it to make sure that I wasn't missing out on anything. And I watched it all, it was uh, horrifically stupid. But now that I've seen it all, I always wished that there was an episode of Friends that dealt with the aftermath of uh, Joey, Matt LeBlanc, uh, being accused of rape, but that it was actually Ross who committed the rape. Um, because A, David Schwimmer in general strikes me as a serial rapist, uh, so I could potentially buy that storyline. Um, and also, I've seen a bunch of uh, things from Friends where they show uh, the character of Ross, but they take out the laugh track, and he's an absolute psychopath. So if they came back now, like they did that Friends reunion where it wasn't actually an episode, it was just the cast members sitting down and talking about Friends. If they came back, they're like, no, we're going to do a reunion episode. And the, the episode is about Joey being accused of rape, but it was actually Ross who committed the rape. I'm 100% invested. People would be like, hey, Chad, you want to be like, shut up, not right now. Not right now. I got to watch, I gotta watch uh, the, the Friends. I got to watch the rape episode. You know, like that, 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 that's how invested in that I'd be. Hey, uh, Dad, do you want to go outside? Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm not your dad. I'm not your father. Go. No, like that. Like, that's how I would be. No, I'd have to watch the Friends episode about the rape. A hundred percent. I would be a thousand percent invested in that to the point that I would probably lose my family over it. Speaking of the other show I hate most, Saved by the Bell, I want there to be an episode that does double duty by dealing with Tiffany, Anther, Tiffany Amber Thiessen finding out she's pregnant with either Zack Slater or Screech's baby while there's an active shooter in Bayside High. I want that to be an episode. I think that would be a fantastic episode. I'd sit down and watch it, and I could never stomach more than... I couldn't even get past the opening theme song of fucking Say by the Bell. I hated the characters. They're all pretentious, and that's the episode I'd come back for. I feel like, oh, no, we're doing that. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, finding out she's pregnant. Uh, the baby's either Zach's, Slater's, or Screech's. And while she's finding this out, Bayside's on lockdown because of an active shooter situation. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% in. I'd be like, oh, oh, really? That's great. I'm, I'm in. I'm on board. Tell me more about this episode. Speaking of TV shows, you know, in the world of TV shows that we live in now, 2023, they rebooted everything. They're rebooting everything. There's a Quantum Leap reboot. I watched some of it. It's not bad. Um, it's not great, but it's not bad. Like, you know, where, where's Scott Bakula at? Where, where's, where's my Scott Bakula? I want Sam. I want, you know, I want... Sam there being like, oh boy, I want that. It's not. Um, but anyway, here are some shows that I think, I think, I'm, I'm very, very close to being 100% on, haven't been rebooted yet, and should be. You know, they've, they've probably been overlooked. Number one is the A-Team. Bring back the fucking A-Team. Here's the thing. Here's how you make it work. You bring Mr. T back as B.A. Baracus. He's the new leader. He's the new guy in charge, but he still plays the B.A. Baracus role. Maybe he's mentoring like a younger B.A. Baracus type, and you get him to find the other members of the new A-team, and they get together, and it's the fucking A-team. That would be amazing to me. And Mr. T doesn't even need to be on the whole show. Just bring him in in the, in the like initial fucking first or second season to set up who the new A-team is. It would work. Do it. Um, Alf. I mentioned Alf. Bring back Alf and bring back as much of the original cast as possible. As many, I, bring them all back. I want Mrs. Ockmonic. I want fucking the Willie Tanner. I want fucking Alf. Bring them all back. Put them in the same fucking setting. Don't hide that they've clearly aged, but pick it up right where it left off. Like, it's still 1986. That's the Alf reboot I want. Bring that back. Uh, bring back My Two Dads. Remember My Two Dads with Paul Reiser? Bring that back. And it absolutely must have Paul Reiser in it. Um, I don't care about the other dad. He was not memorable. But bring him back and have him being like the granddad to the possible daughter's uh, 
babies. And it could be, you know, if you bring back the same other guy and everything, it'd be my two granddads. Not that it would work. You know, people are nostalgic over fucking everything. People get nostalgic over the fucking fact that their child took a shit in a diaper. So, my two dads, bring it back. It must have Paul Reiser. Must. Uh, bring back Jake and the Fat Man. Just because. They, just because the title alone in 2023, it's like, how are you going to navigate that one? It's like, next on Jake and the Fat Man. I don't think they should call him fat. He's not fat. He's this big band. Uh, bring back Three's Company. Bring back Three's Company in 2023. 2023's Company. Bring back Airwolf. How about a reboot of Manimal? Does anybody else remember Manimal? It wasn't like Beastmaster. It was the guy that could turn into animals. Beastmaster, he like controlled the animals. You know, like he could like call out and like a flock of crows would come and peck your eyes out while like a, like a puma ate your dick. That's Beastmaster. Uh, also bring back Beastmaster. But um, Manimal was the guy who he lived with a bunch of animals because and like he could take on their personality traits and like turn into them. Yeah, bring back Manimal. Manimal 2023 has is ripe for Manimal. Uh, bring back Parker Lewis can't lose. Because that is just like that could be the new Save by the Bell. Like just the most pretentious asshole fucking douchebag show. And bring it back with all Gen Zers. Parker Lewis can't lose Gen Z edition. Uh, bring back Sequest DSV. Don't Jesus Christ me, Charles. It's Sequest. It's Star Trek Underwater. Bring it back. It can work. Has anyone seen out there listening? Has anyone seen Star Trek Strange New Worlds? It's fucking amazing. If they can do that with Star Trek, do that with Sequest. Sequest DSV. Bring it back. <coughs> That's my cough. You're welcome. Bring back Sliders with uh, Jerry O'Connell. It must have Jerry O'Connell. Otherwise, it is not Sliders. But uh, bring back Sliders. I want more Sliders. Uh, bring back TJ Hooker with William Shatner. Put Shatner on it. He's 92. He just turned 92 yesterday. So bring that back. Or today. Yeah, today. Today's William Shatner's birthday. Um, but bring back TJ Hooker and have him be like, you know, this retired t chief of police. He was not TJ Hooker in that show, by the way. A lot of people thought he was. It's not the character he played. Um, bring back Small Wonder, where the guy created the daughter, but she was a robot. Does anyone remember Small Wonder? Google it. Look it up on YouTube. It's a thing. Um, bring that back now. Bring back Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. I want Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman now bring that back bring back the flying nun and it has to have sally field in it um bring back knight rider only now kit can only speak japanese that's that's what i want you can reboot all these shows i think it would be amazing we're, we're missing out the world is missing out on these excellent quality television shows being rebooted and shoved back in their faces all right, so as I said, I've got some uh, observations and musings. I wrote them down. I'm just going to go through them one by one. Um, you can usually tell how successful a middle-aged white couple is or considers themselves by the amount of beige clothing they own and wear. When aliens eventually deem humanity unfit to join the rest of the universe, I really hope they spare the cats and all the other animals too, but definitely the cats. I wonder if Tom Cruise ever masturbates into his shampoo bottle and then washes his hair with it. That seems like a very Tom Cruise thing to do. I think what the world really needs right now is a TV series where Tim Allen is the President of the United States. Captain Kirk dying at the end of Star Trek Generations was complete bullshit, and I will not, you can, no one can convince me otherwise. I want Gremlins. I want the movie Gremlins 3. 
But I also want gremlins in real life, like mogwais that if you feed after midnight, they turn into gremlins and you can't get them wet. All that, I want it in real life. Uh, did you know that in Canada, a moose has the authority to distribute drugs however it sees fit? Did you know that every Guatemalan can develop telekinesis over a long enough timeline? Did you know that Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, is the Canadian toontown from Roger Rabbit? In the town of Flint, Michigan, people named Deborah and Albert are required to notify you of their daily plans and intentions. Anybody over the age of 67 years old needs to be placed in a facility to monitor their actions. This is something I, I believe. Did you know that Donald Duck is permanently banned from all TGI Fridays? Did you know that the Pittsburgh Steelers have never won a Stanley Cup? Did you know that a goblin is required by law to show you its genitals if you're in a forest together? Did you know that in Germany, people will make velociraptor noises at the deli? Did you know that Tabasco sauce, to, I'm sorry, Tabasco sauce can be used as a sexual lubricant? Did you know that if you live within 10 miles of Boston, law requires you to keep a framed photo of either Mark or Donnie Wahlberg on your wall? Did you know that in the springtime, a magic cat will bless Poland with its presence? Did you know that Idris Elba is never allowed back into the state of Montana? Did you know that the Ferengi are universally considered the hottest or most attractive species in the Star Trek galaxy? No. Oh, they are. Here's a fun game to play. <clears throat> if anybody out there is bored, here's a fun game. Drive to a parking lot for like a Walmart or like a Target or something like that, and park up by the entrance so you can see who's coming in and going out, who's coming and going. And then try to make a backstory for everybody you see. Write them down in a notebook, record them on your phone, or, uh, you know, whatever, and then go back to it and listen to it or re read them a few days later and see how many of the people you can remember. But, like, get, like, you know, if you see, like, a guy coming out and he's, like, you know, kind of huffing and puffing, maybe he's got a red shirt on, ball cap, and then, like, you know, he's power walking to his car, kind of looking pissed off, and then you see a lady coming out right behind him with the cart, and she's, like, kind of running to catch up. You could be like, oh, man, here's wife-beating guy. He's pissed off because they didn't have any turkey. He told her, oh, here comes his wife. He told her specifically to get the fucking turkey, but she grabbed ham. She's in for it now. He believes that as long as it's an open hand, it's okay. He can hit her with an open hand and that'll be fine. They're going home, he's going to slap the fucking shit out of her. And then he's going to wipe his ass with that fucking ham because he wanted the fucking turkey. God damn it. You know, stuff like that. Like, that's a fun game to play. So, you know, different cultures have different ways of greeting one another. And I was driving on 376 a few weeks back. Uh, heading home from East Liberty, and I was thinking about that. I was thinking about cultures, how they greet each other, and I started thinking that uh, it would be hilarious if there was a culture in this world who the most formal way of greeting somebody, like the most upscale way of greeting somebody and showing the most respect to them through greeting was touching the tip of their penis against the tip of the other person's penis and then shouting into the sky like Klingons. Just like, ah, and then, you know, you just touch the tips of your penis together and you're just like, ah, like that. That, what if that was like a cultural greeting? It's like, and you know, you have those like British guys that sit there on like these documentary shows and they're like, ooh, they're about, they've slapped each other. 
This means great respect. Have one of them and be like, and now they're touching the tips of the penises together. Listen to them shout. There's a lot of respect between these two individuals. Like, have one of them narrate it. That's it was just the funniest fucking thing to me. And I'm lucky that uh, on the ride home, that traffic was slowed down bumper to bumper because I would have wrecked otherwise. Um, did you know, I talked last time about maps. Did you know they still print mini maps for children? In 2023? Because, you know, kids are super into fucking maps. They can't put their phones down long enough to look at you, but give them some fucking maps and watch the fuck out. My kid can't go 10 minutes without unfolding 12 new maps and planning his route to where the fuck ever. Kids just love maps. Birthdays, holidays, that's all they ask for is maps. Hey kids, do you guys want some toys or video games? Fuck you, dad! We want maps! Yay! Maps! Kids don't fucking want maps. Alright, so anybody out there, any of you ever seen the movie Phantasm? It's a classic. It's an absolute fucking classic. It's like a horror classic. Um, I, I've, I've seen it dozens of times. I love the movie. I love the series. It's just weird enough that we're, that it works. It's scary. It's, it's, it's you know, uh, off-putting. It makes there's a, parts of the movie that you just feel uncomfortable when you're watching it. But I, I have had a question for a long time about the movie Phantasm. And it's that in the opening of the very first movie, in the opening of the movie, the villain called the Tall Man, played by the uh, late Angus, Angus Scrim, um, the Tall Man is disguised as a woman. And he's banging some drunk with a mustache in a graveyard. And then he kills him with his dagger. But the thing is, is that he lets the dude finish banging him first. Now, the dude doesn't know it's the tall man. The dude thinks it's like this, like, you know, chick he picked up at a bar, you know, because the tall man's got powers and stuff like that. But they reveal to you, like, to you, the watcher, in that scene that it's the tall man. It's not a woman. That's the tall man. Why the fuck did he let him finish first? Is that just something that he's into? He's the tall man. You lure him back to the graveyard. You don't need to bang him. He's drunk. Just fucking kill him. You're going to stab him with a knife and then squish him into one of your little henchmen. You don't need to bang him. Why the fuck did he bang him? And, and why did he let him finish? I, I don't think that that's something the tall man's just into because he literally never does that again in five fucking movies. Out of five movies, he never does that fucking thing again. He just lets that one dude at the very beginning of the very first movie do it and then never again after that. He uses evil magic powers, disguises himself as a woman, lets some drunken mustache dude just, like, jizz inside of him, and then murders him in a graveyard. And then never again does it happen in the fucking series. That's not brought up. No one discusses it. The tall man never even discusses it. But that one time, at the very beginning of the first movie, he's just, that. that's what he does. That was his tactic. That was his M.O. And so why did he just do it that one time? Why did he just let, like, if that was the way he gets the guys, but, like, you know, gets his, like, fucking murders in by, like, disguising himself as, like, you know, whatever the object of their desire is, why did he only do it with that one guy the first time? And, again, why did he let him finish? The dude is wasted. He can't fucking see straight. It's amazing he even was able to get it up. You're the villain. You've got the knife. Oh, but I'm disguised as a woman. Let's just, let's, let's just see what happens here. Let's... You know, he's kind of into it. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill him anyway. I might as well let his last moments be good. Let his last experience be a good one. Oh, okay, well, you know, you're going to kill me next. Do I get my last experience? No, fuck you. Nobody else does ever again. That, that's, that's, the, that's the tall man. He lets the one dude bang him in the graveyard, kills him, and that's that. He never fucking does it again. I've been trying to answer this question since 1996. Um, I've emailed the director and the writer of the, Fran of the Phantasm film series. Never got back to me. I was hoping to meet Angus Scrim someday, but he's dead now, so I don't, uh, he'll never be able to tell me. Um, but I, I need to know this. I need to know this. Like, let, let's, let's, put our, let's try to put our heads together, listeners. You're, you're, a, you're a supernatural villain 
who murders and then takes your victims and smashes them down into little henchmen filled with yellow mustard blood. That, that's who you are. You've got a victim. He's a drunk guy. Drunk guy from the 70s with a mustache. Just wandering around. You're like, okay, you, you use your powers, you probe into his mind. He's like, ooh, yeah, I really like brunettes with, uh, with you know, big asses and everything like that. So you transform yourself That's to... That's what you're into. Yeah, it is what I'm into. Um, so you, descri- you disguise yourself to look like a brunette with a big ass and everything like that. Like, you, you don't really look like that way. Like, you're not putting on, like, a wig or a dress. You just, you know, you project that image into his mind. So that's what he thinks you are. And then he comes up to you and he's like, hey, how you doing? Just kill him right there. He's drunk. He's not going to fight back. You've got a knife. Also, you've got supernatural powers. Why do you then go, hey, you know what? Come here. Ooh. Let me get on top of you. I'm really a tall supernatural mortician. <clears throat> but let me, uh. <laughs> let me just fuck you in a graveyard and let you jizz up in me. Because I'm not a woman. I'm not a woman. I'm a supernatural mortician. Why did he let him do it? God, this is the new. This is my plague question. This is the question that whenever. Like, do you remember. You guys remember in fucking Star Trek V. This is a deep cut here. I'm going deep. You remember in Star Trek V, uh, Spock's brother, Cybok, the, the passionate Vulcan, the one who uh, was emotional, and he used his powers to help people get rid of their secret pain? This is my secret pain. Like, if Cybok came up to me and he'd be like, your pain runs deep, share it with me. It would be the fucking opening scene from Phantasm where the be- mustache, the drunk 70s mustache dude bangs the fucking tall man, and then the tall man kills him. Why? Why did that happen? I need the answer to it. I don't know. I need to move away from that. I need to move away from that. Um, okay. Let's talk Captain Hook. Let's talk Captain James Hook. Uh, personally, of all the Disney villains, Captain Hook is probably the one who kind of gets the, mo- the worst uh, reputation or the worst comments about him. You know, he's the one people say the worst shit about. Uh, simply, simply because he wants to publicly murder a magical immortal boy who maimed him, by the way. But uh, what most people don't know is that James Hook is a terribly generous man. He's kind, talented, caring. So in order to repair his public image, like the humanitarian that I am, I've compiled a list of some of his accomplishments so that we can uh, hopefully start viewing Captain Hook in a better light. Uh, number one, did uh, you guys know that in 1965, Captain Hook entered and won the annual Kentucky Derby disguised as the famous racehorse Lucky Debonair? To this day, folks still believe it was a horse that won the race, but in fact, it was Captain James Hook of Never Neverland, crudely disguised as a horse, with a little man riding on his back. Number two, uh, Captain Hook taught Gordon Ramsay everything he knows about the culinary arts. You know, and that... Gordon Ramsay can cook. He can cook some fucking awesome shit. I've seen shows where he yells at people. Captain Hook taught him everything he knows about cooking. Uh, Captain Hook also likes to act like his heart is as cold as the steel hook that replaced his maimed hand. But despite his demeanor... Did you know that he regularly regularly reads to children at the hospital and encourages them? He's also been known to sob and cry with them as needed. Uh, Captain Hook invented olive loaf bread as a way to fuck with Mr. Smee, who's notoriously allergic to olives. So, you know, that's something else he's done. Uh, Despite being a world-renowned pirate... Captain James Hook doesn't actually care for ocean travel. This is because he saw the the Titanic movie in 1997 and is afraid of Celine Dion sinking his ship. Uh, He's also publicly sworn to defeat her and considers her his second greatest nemesis, second only to Peter Pan. Did you know that Captain Hook has absolutely no time or respect for people named Daniel? He finds them to be tedious. Did you know that Captain Hook regular, 
regularly reminds the members of his crew that the human anus is nightmarishly elastic and then explains at length how simple it would be to stick a cannonball up their asses and sink them to the bottom of the ocean. He explains this to them at length, regularly. Uh, he conducts hand puppet shows for free at pubs and bars. He came in second at the 1992 Olympic men's doubles tennis tournament, playing by himself. He invented a version of, you know, billiards, like the game of pool with billiards. He invented a version of that involving live hand grenades. He's done a lot. Captain Hook has done a lot. Uh, he needs to be respected for. We should show him a lot more respect. Everybody gets on Peter Pan's side. Oh, he's just a kid. Oh, the evil Captain Hook. The kid cut his fucking hand off. The kid fucking maimed him and threw it to a crocodile and then laughed about it. And tells all his other little kid friends about it and giggles. And Captain Hook's, you know, he, fe he feels some sort of way about that. I would. Fucking 12-year-old comes up to me and cuts my hand off and is like, ha, 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 look at you, fuck you, I got your hand. And then feeds it to a wild animal. I'm hunting that motherfucker down and skinning him. And then I'm going to wear his skin. I'm going to wear his face skin as a mask as I taunt his parents. I don't know. I get Captain Hook. I'm sorry. I just get him. Okay. So, I'm going to talk about two more things. First off, first thing I want to discuss. <clears throat> what is with these fucking guys that insist on having the biggest truck fucking possible? Turbo-loaded with all manner of loud bullshit, like extra pipes that come up from the ass end of it. That, so that way when they slightly, like, breathe on the fucking pedal, on, the igni on like, the accelerator, their truck goes... <laughs> what is with that? What is the fucking point? Do they think it makes them a badass? It doesn't. You're not a badass. You're overcompensating for, have a, for having a half-inch dick. Your dick is itty-bitty, has never satisfied anything or anyone, including yourself, and you spend your nights crying, crying in the basement. So you decide to get the largest vehicle you could. You go out there, and you're like, you find a truck, and you're like, does it come twice that size with a 48-inch lift kit? Do I need a fucking, like construction painter's ladder to get from the ground up into my truck good that's the one i want and then you drive around annoying the fuck out of everyone to make yourself feel better because your dick can't satisfy anything listen i know a thing or two about compensation my perfect perfectly average dick it's it's a gamble with me it's always a gamble sometimes it works other times nothing it's a crapshoot Vegas odds on if my dick will work are 45,000 to 1, but never have I felt the need or desire to make it anybody else's problem. It's my problem. I don't go out there looking for giant trucks with loud-ass fucking tailpipes that look like fucking horns and tubas coming off them, fucking ruining other people's days. I don't need to. Just listen, some dicks are small. It's okay to have an itty-bitty wee-wee. In some cultures, it's considered a compliment. Not India, though. They frown on that there. Don't show up in India with a dick that's less than eight inches long. They will not like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't, you don't need a giant fucking truck. Like, I'm going to work the other morning, and I'm on 22 going into Monroeville, where 22 intersects with 48. For those of you that don't live around the Pittsburgh, Monroeville, Murraysville area, it's a road. Maybe you could use one of the child maps that I mentioned earlier and look it up or you know just google it but i'm where 22 and uh, for those of you that do know the area I, i'm at 20 where 22 and 48 intersect going in monroeville and the truck that comes up behind me i see it coming and i'm like oh god i see it in my rearview mirror and it gets up behind me and first off it's right up on my ass revving its engine i'm at a, i'm at a red light i can't fucking go anywhere he can't go i mean he could probably have driven over me at that point and i'm in a jeep i'm not in a small car I'm in my Jeep, and this truck, like, I could see the bottom part of the bumper through my rear windshield, rear, like, back windshield, back window. 
because of how close he was. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that guy's the guy, the turbo loader. And then as soon as the light turns red, he goes right up beside me, cuts around me, gets in front of me because, you know, the light just turned green and obviously I wasn't moving at warp speed, so that pissed him off. He had to show off his dick is very tiny. So he had to fly around me on the ass end of his truck. How many, how many tailpipes do you think it had? Let's take a guess. Did it have one? No. Two? More than that. Three? Getting closer. Four? Oh, almost. Five? Almost. Six? Yep, there you go. It had six fucking tailpipes. Six tailpipes. Each one of them was about as thick around as like a can of fucking Pringles. And it was shooting out black smoke and he's just up around me. And guess what happened? He cuts around me, moving fucking warp speed. And there's a giant truck in front of us. And he had to slow down. And I pull up in the passing lane to go around. Now him and the fucking, uh, like, 18-wheeler truck. And I'm just laughing. And I made sure to drive right alongside him so he couldn't get up around the truck. Get up around the truck. And then I saw, I saw the light go that we, we were heading towards was turning red. It had just turned yellow. And so I gunned it through the light and made, and watched as he pulled up and then had to stop at the red light next to the Mack truck. And I enjoyed that very much. Because these assholes are out there. They're everywhere. They're the same guys that get fucking uh, personalized license plates that are like, Tommy's dad! It's like, all right, Tommy's dad. Tommy's fucking embarrassed of you. Nah, Tommy loves his dad. Why? Because you took him hunting and fishing when all he wants to do is really get... Join the dance squad. He ain't joining no dance squad. He's getting up in my truck. Okay. Anyway, last thing I want to talk about is uh, anybody, any of you ever really thought about what position your parents were fucking doing it in when you were conceived? Like, have you ever really given any thought to that? Because you, let's let's face it. Let's be real. Let's cut through the bullshit. Let's get let's get rid of the denial. Your parents fucked. To make you. It might have been willing. It might not have been willing. It might have been a drunken encounter. We don't know. We don't know because nobody ever asks. So let's ask that question now. What position <clears throat> were your parents fucking in when you were conceived? Was it doggy style? Was it missionary? Was it reverse cowgirl? Was it the Tibetan Sasquatch? The backseat shadow malarkey? The three-handled moss-covered family credenza, etc., so on and so on. Ask them. Ask them to tell you the tale. Like, you know, hey, mom, dad, I know I'm uh, 40 years old and, uh, you know, an adult with a child of my own. But um, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, you guys having me. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to have a kid. No, 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 that, that I get. Um, what position were you guys in? Whenever I was conceived, oh, that is a fine question, son. I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let your father handle this one. No, 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 Madeline. I think you should take it. Okay. Well, it was a cold, sunny afternoon in the middle of winter. The dew was on the grass, and it had just frosted over. One of those mornings, you go outside and you see the grass has got frost on it. Gorgeous. I came back in and refilled your father's coffee cup. And my breast, my left breast, brushed against his shoulder gently. Well, he grabbed me right there and threw me upon the kitchen table, spilling his coffee all over me, scolding me. I still have, you know that little, bur that little burn scar I've got up on my shoulder that you've asked me, Mommy, what's that all, all my life? That's how it happened. Well, it wasn't a moment later that your dad was... Down upon, my, down upon my genitals, just munching away, circular motions with his tongue, lapping back and forth. I was in ecstasy. Then, he mounted me, and we broke the kitchen table that day. I didn't think that uh, it was going to be so passionate, but then I took one of the broken table legs, and I gently eased it up his asshole. Never before nor since have I heard your father make such sounds of ecstasy as he ejaculated like a volcano inside me. And then nine months later, you were born. Thanks, Mom. I have uh, 
new things to talk to my therapist about. Well, you asked. But no, seriously, ask your parents. See what they say. Uh, you know, I think it'd be an interesting conversation. It'd be an interesting topic. It'd be definitely something. Like, I want to see the look on a on. I want you all to see the look on your parents' faces. A, when you ask that question, and B, when the wheels start turning to see if they remember that particular encounter or if it was just like a drunk night at the Sizzler. I want that. I want these answers, and I want all of you to go to the Element of Surprise Facebook page or to the EOS Army Facebook page and tell me what your parents' answers were. And then I can read off those answers in a future episode. Um... That being said, I think that's going to cut it for this one, guys. I appreciate you tolerating the non-topic uh, roulette episode. Again, I'm going to find a way to get that done. I also appreciate all you listeners uh, listening for the ones of you that do. Um, and the ones that you do, if you enjoy it, share it. Let somebody else know about it. Maybe if, I mean, fuck, if you know somebody, if you like it, you've got to know somebody that likes it. You've got to share a sense of humor with somebody, right? So tell them about it. Maybe they'll Maybe they'll enjoy it, too. Uh, you can always subscribe to the um, podcast either at the <clears throat> either on Podbean or on YouTube at uh, the Element of Surprise. Uh, talk to me on the YouTube community there. And um, before I let you go, I want you to of course check out a bunch of other podcasts that are just absolute pure gold. They're my favorites. Uh, there is a fireside chat hosted by my very good friend Ryan McCormick. That's available on Libsyn.com. There's um, Exhaust, the comic book podcast hosted by Ian, Paul, and Matt. It is basically the Pittsburgh epicenter for all, um, oh, what's the term I'm looking for here? Like um, pop culture, comic book, movie, stuff like that. I, I haven't found a better podcast yet that does it better than they do, or at least one that I do, that's not as entertaining. I mean, there are people out there that they might have more information, but it sounds like fucking robots talking. McSauce isn't like that. You'll enjoy them. Uh, tune in to Case in Point po- podcast hosted by uh, Justin Case on Audio Boom. Uh, if you like and subscribe to my podcast, like and subscribe theirs as well. You're only helping the community. You're only helping yourselves because all these episodes will then, you won't have to look for them anymore. They'll just go straight to you. And that being said, as usual and as always, cue the fucking bear music.